Hello and welcome back to Deserted, a podcast where we send our guests to deserted island with only three dishes and a few ingredients. Our guests discuss their life, family, business, and lots more. I'm Lindy. And I'm Grace. And together we have over 20 food allergies and intolerances, but we are still avid foodies. So join us whilst we dive deep into our guests' experiences and their relationship with food. And find out what dishes they'll be bringing to the island. See you there. See you on the island. Hi, Kyle. Welcome to Deserted Podcast. Hi there. Um, Thanks for having me. Um, for our listeners and everything, Kyle is the founder of Equal Eats. Um, and I would just love like for you to just give a little details, backstory, like who you are, where are you, um, what are your food restrictions, if you have any, and also um, what is, like, are you a foodie? Like, what is your take on food? Yeah, hey, here's, here's Kyle Dine in a nutshell. Um, I've had food allergies since I was about two years old, mid-80s, so I've had them for a while. I'm allergic to peanuts, tree nuts, egg, fish, shellfish, and mustard. Uh, I grew up having a tough time with them, um, so I, I kind of didn't really become confident with my allergies until my 20s after a few uh, scary reactions. I started educating kids about food allergies because I was, kind of wish I had that in my life when I was growing up, someone telling me it was okay and normal to have an allergy. So gone into over 900 schools doing presentations on allergy awareness across the world. and. Uh, through those travels, I realized, geez, this is hard to, uh, to communicate allergies everywhere you go. And I started a company called Equal Eats that uh, we, we make professional plastic allergy translation cards where you can get your allergies translated into any of 50 languages. And it just helps bridge language barriers to make sure that your message is really understood wherever you go. Um, I'll start by saying I'm not a real big foodie because of my allergies. I do appreciate food, but I have a different relationship, which I'm, I'm really happy to dive into with, with you both today. It's, it's such an awesome concept because I think, I mean, you sort of had allergies sort of, I think, before, I mean, Lindy, both, both Lindy and I had allergies sort of in a time where there weren't that many um, sort of substitutes, but you definitely take the cake, especially with like lesser known allergies such as mustard. But, you know, I feel like for the most part, most people, including myself until now, have just been doing DIY translation cards when, when traveling. Like I would just ask the hotel concierge to translate it for me or ask a friend of a friend or a friend. Um, when I went to Russia one time, I went actually went to the Russian consulate in San Francisco before I went to Russia to basically beg them to do a translation card. So it's just such a it's such a cool and needed um, sort of product on the market. Yeah, and you know what? That's what I was doing too originally with with kind of DIY, and um, I had some translations that weren't accurate. I've had some looks like, what on earth is this flimsy thing that you're putting in front of me? So. There's something about having a, a plastic card that's high quality professional translation and it just it's begs to be taken seriously. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate having that with me. Yeah, and we'll get more into that in the episode because I have one as well. Um, I just got mine um, like the last weekend and they are I, I was showing everyone and they are just so professional and it just it just feels it just feels more important when you're holding them. 
rather than like, you know, and so like I, I have, you know, DIY stuff and I say like, hi, chef. And, but sometimes like when it's a really busy kitchen, they just need to know what they need to know. They don't need to read a list of things or like talk about, like they don't need to hear that I'm saying like, thank you for making my food. They just need to like, what do I actually need to know? And you have so many different cards as well for different allergies and tolerances, celiac, like, like the list can go on and on of what you can provide. And like, I think it's just such a, like, I've not seen a card like that. And there are cards out there that you can buy, but I haven't ever seen a card like yours since okay. I was Thank like, you. since I have allergies my whole life. <laughs> well, we have a really great team and we want to make sure we just thought it through. You know, I'm not the only one with, with food allergies multiple allergies and there's lots of people that have celiac disease and allergies and have um, you know AIP diet and other things so we wanted to make sure that we were inclusive of of all dietary needs and you know that there's still as you said there's so many other messages that you want to put out there but on our team we have chefs that really try to dig on what's essential what does food service really need to hear and we found that we try to find that middle ground of what we want to say and what they need to hear as well on the website when you looking at it they have all um like literally every single food animal everything that you could possibly be allergic to yeah, is on yeah. There. like it's i was like wading through and it's not it's like kiwi kiwi fruit like there's like there are so many different options and i think it's it's just so inclusive and yeah i just i i was really impressed when i was um getting the card so yeah like well, hats off to you yeah we have 500 allergens available but you know wow. what's the funny thing almost every couple of weeks i get a request for something we don't have and i i tear my hair I'm like really we missed something but yeah. you know it's it's that broad the the the, yeah. the sphere of free from so um we we're always adding more <laughs> yeah that's incredible so um like you said, you, you're not really a foodie. Um, this, this podcast was basically about me and Grace having food allergies, but still loving food. And so your take on having food allergies and not loving food is very different. But also the fact is, and this is what we've come across like with this whole podcast, is that everybody still eats. Whether you have food allergies or not, you still eat. You still have to make something and um it can especially when you're cooking with other people you have to make food that other people will like that it actually tastes good that you enjoy actually making it as well especially if you have food allergies it's pretty much like a lot of the food that you make and uh, that you eat is at home you know so um you have children right so did that change your relationship with food change after you had children uh slightly yeah i think it forced me to be a bit more brave to be honest mm -hmm. my daughter she's five or so six now and uh she doesn't have any food allergies and my wife has celiac disease in between the two of us we were fully expecting some you know a lot of uh restrictions but nothing and now to watch her just go anywhere and eat whatever she wants it's amazing to see and I don't want to be the one that slows her down and, and stops her from becoming a foodie because she should be. Uh, and I want her to have a different relationship with food. So it's forced me to go to places that I maybe wouldn't have before or try, you know, recipes that I, I might not have and look for the substitutes for me because I don't want her to have this allergy life by association. 
um, when she should have a full life of, of food. So it has forced me to kind of come out of my shell a little bit more uh, with food and, and, and open my relationship a bit. Did you do anything different, I guess, like growing up than what you can remember like your parents doing? Because I know there's a lot of studies around sort of food allergies and how we even get food allergies. And I'm just curious um, if there's anything that sort of you did different than sort of your upbringing that yeah. maybe contributed to you know, her having no allergies just because it's such an, un, it's still such an unknown. Um, yeah. So I, I started working with Food Allergy Canada back in 2008 as a consultant. And it's it's been interesting since that time because the guidelines on when to introduce allergens to babies has flip-flopped completely. So back then it was, you know, avoid, 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 do not give peanuts allergens to babies. And that was, you know, true for, for our generation and before. Uh, and in that span, the last, geez, six years, they flip-flopped completely on that, saying it's now a good thing to introduce between four and six months um, to, to, to children. So, you know, we did follow the new guidelines and we we're very lucky. I don't know if, you know, you can say that was the defining factor, but uh, we did we did follow those guidelines. And um, it's it's great now that parents have more clarity than ever before on on ways to, to mitigate the risk. That could lead into our first dish. First dish, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dish it out. So I'll take it back to, um, to having a, a daughter. And one of the things that really expanded for me with food is learning how to bake. And that was something I never really got into. I, I was kind of on the receiving end of baking <laughs> for, for many years, never on the, on the making part. Um, and one of the things that we started off making was banana bread. Very simple. I love bananas. It's something that I, I consume daily and started realizing, you know, there's something I got to do with all these excess bananas. So we started just playing around with these recipes. And if anything, when she was two, when she was three, this was a really helpful experience for her to learn about measuring and, you know, getting your hands dirty with food and just working in a kitchen. And from that very early age to now, it's just developed a love of being in the kitchen together and baking and going through all this and smelling the vanilla and all those small things that make it a really wonderful experience. And I didn't realize how much we love making and baking things like banana bread until this fall when our kitchen is getting renovated. And there's a, a deep hole in us right now, just longing to get back in a kitchen and, and making again. And um, so right now it's it, we're kind of just, you know, with the Christmas season coming up and all of our baking that we have planned now just all started from banana bread. And it's kind of our go to like if we ever want to just impress somebody with a really awesome baked product, we have our, our solid chocolate chip banana bread recipe now that we always fall back on. I'm sure I'm sure that came in. Um, that was very popular um, during COVID as well, when everyone else was also cooking banana bread. Do you think that your daughter is a foodie now? Uh, yes, I would say uh, she, she really loves food. She's, you know, a great standard picky eater at six years old. But, you know, so, but other than that, she uh, really enjoys um, food. And, and that's all I could ask for. For me, I, I can't say I really enjoy it. Um, and that's to me, for me to see her, uh, like right now we're in Slovenia and to see her just consume something like burek 
which is this traditional Balkan food. And it's, it's amazing to see her really enjoy cultural tastes at this age. You, so you started baking with, with your daughter as a way to, you know, introduce measurements and sort of get, getting your hands dirty. Is that something that you did as a kid with your parents or um, sort of what was food in the kitchen and, and meal times like when you were growing up? Uh, I, I didn't do much of it in the kitchen that I can remember. You know, for me, it was more I wanted to just like do something with her. Like it's, you know, you can watch the TV, put on this or that or but this it just seemed productive. And, and now I'm kind of hooked on it. Uh, so no, when I was young, I didn't really do much baking. I didn't, I, I'm not much, I don't have much culinary background at all. And I kind of wish I did. So maybe this is my second chance to, uh, to learn some myself and pay it forward to my daughter. Mm. And did you have your allergies from the very beginning or did they develop as you grew older? A little bit of both. So I, I had most of my allergies uh, as an infant. I grew out of a milk allergy. And the only one that I grew into later in life was about 15 years old when I developed a mustard allergy. And it was, yeah, after day after day of eating hot dogs with mustard as a teenager. And then all of a sudden my lips really started to swell. Um, got some testing done and found out that's, that's the new one. And over time, uh, just watching my levels with my allergist, I found that out of, out of all, the one that's increasing the, the most is mustard allergies. So this is a tricky one, especially internationally, where mustard is not considered a priority allergen in every country. In the, um, in the UK, Europe and Canada, yes, but US, no. So it makes me very uh, on high alert when I'm looking at spices, for instance, if I'm in the US and other countries, because they don't have to call out mustard, for instance, especially with sauces, barbecue sauces. Uh, and my favorite food, the one thing I can say I could eat all day long, it's not on my list, but uh, pickles. Love mm. pickles. And mustard is a classic ingredient of, of about half, half the brands of pickles. So I'm always on high alert mm. with uh, mustard seed. Do you find it sometimes like a like that fear? Like I, I've gone through fear sometimes with food, but like because mustard sometimes is like a hidden ingredient you know there's a there's a lot of allergens right like for me right now is pea protein like it's a hidden ingredient it doesn't it comes up a lot but it doesn't have to be in bold it doesn't have to be you know listed or anything and it's coming up more and more often in different products and so for me it's really frustrating because like I could want sausages and mash at a pub but a lot of sausages right now are adding pea protein in. So it used to be a really safe food for me, but because of that hidden ingredient, it's now not a safe food. And I have to feel like I have to check the ingredients of everything when I eat out now. So did you feel that way, like growing up, like because it's such a hidden ingredient that you, it was harder to enjoy foods because you didn't know whether it contained it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think if anything, it's made me a very basic eater. Mm. I am not looking for extravagant meals, sauces, spices. I love meat and potatoes and fruit <laughs> and vegetables. Like the more plain, the better. Um, so when people ask me, you know, you know, if we're invited to a dinner party, like what can you eat? I'm like, just don't go crazy, go basic. And I'll be very happy with that. Do not try to impress me with, with food. 
um, because it, it actually adds stress when there's extra extra sauces and all of this because chances are there's going to be egg in the sauce and mustard in the spice so um, and you know salad dressings I love balsamic because I can it's clear you know versus the thick egg dressing so um, I think that's affected my relationship with food uh, just in terms of simplicity of, of ingredients yeah I think that that's a perfect segue into to what's your second dish that you would um, bring to the island yeah <laughs> speaking of simple <laughs> i love salad and the simpler the better but i think you know with salad over time i've, I've really come to appreciate it because there's it's endless variety and uh, you can you can create whatever you want with it and and through hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of salads i've created I've really found a lot of nice flavor combinations with with fresh fruit and, and seeds and um, and meat and different things where it just depends on the day what I feel like. I know the salad to to quest my um, to quench my my hunger. Uh, so with that, it's been really interesting because since I came over to Slovenia, my my wife is Slovenian. Uh, her parents had this giant garden beside their house and they were looking for help with it. And I kind of became the uh, the de facto gardener just in terms of we need someone to overturn all the soil and plant and do all the backbreaking work and i got that job so it's been a really fun experience for me to actually learn get my hands in the dirt and learn all of these things how to grow lettuce how to grow tomatoes how to grow hot peppers uh, carrots strawberries and my salads last summer were just crazy fresh. Everything was out of a garden, our garden. Um, and yeah, there's a little bit more work. You got to wash some slugs off the lettuce. But other than that, it is fantastic just how crisp and fresh everything is. And my daughter, I haven't really got her that much into salad yet, but just I hope that for her watching me make my own food from the earth, it, it gives some inspiration of what you can do on a, on a minimum. Oh, I'm so jealous because I really... I've always dreamed of like having a garden where I can just make all of my own food and then just bring it in. And like, obviously like living in London, like it's really hard to even find a garden, but not even find a garden, but find one that's like bountiful in grass. <laughs> so like, it's, it's, it's difficult, you know, unless you have a lot of money to, to spend on that, it's difficult. But um, yeah, I just love it. I don't have a green thumb at all too. So like, I think that's a really, like, that's really cool that you've, been able to do that and I can imagine like being a child and seeing that like you can make your own food and eat your own food and cook your own food yeah. like there's no way there's no reason to go to the to the supermarket to yeah. buy your own food and I think that's a really cool thing like for the future as well because we need more of that yeah, I just I think of one, you know, one of my favorite memories of that garden was my daughter and I like instead of going to the cupboard grabbing a bag of chips it's us like literally sitting with our feet in the dirt, picking strawberries right off the vine and eating them and just watching the clouds. And that, this is pandemic when there's nothing else to do, but it was still, it was wonderful just to, you know, let's just grab our food and hang out. And yeah. I remember days where I was cutting the lawn, I just stopped and sat in the garden and ate peas. <laughs> I just popped pop them right out of the pods and just ate peas for an hour. So it's, it's, it's really nice. I feel like that's one thing that she, like you're going to look, those kind of memories, 
you always remember like she's when she's older she's just going to look back and remember these times where she you know as a kid was running around in the dirt and had her own her own garden I'm on the same wavelength with Lindy I've always wanted sort of a, a garden where I can just grow everything and also I think especially with just like having food restrictions it's nice to feel in control in that way like there's no I mean I think at least for my allergies, it's quite unlikely that like if I pick up like a loose leaf lettuce in the store and, and come home that I will have a reaction from it. But at the same time, just having that garden, that being in control, picking it, putting it in your bowl and just throwing some balsamic on it. That just the dream really. Yeah, And I love that word control because like you're cutting out the, the supplier, the packaging, the, the, all, the whole supply chain, you are making your own food and it's going direct to plate. And, and I think for me, at the end of the day, it takes out all the worry and I can really enjoy it. That's why I really love salad from my garden, because it's just it's all me. And, and, and I think that's that is where I become a foodie when I have that type of control. Yeah, I think as well, like foodie has become, become something where, you know, a lot of people just go to restaurants and they eat all of this lavish food and, you know, five star things and they you know, that kind of vibe. And that's what foodie has been made to be now, especially with the social media age. But I think foodie is just more about enjoying and living like in the moment when when you're eating the food, like whatever food it is, whether it is a bland piece of steak and, you know, a, like boiled potatoes and a like plain salad, which has been a lot of my meals, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that I still enjoy that moment and it's not about the sources it's not about like the explosion in my mouth it's about I feel safe and I enjoy that food right then and there and that's all that matters and it's not like I just eat food for fuel I eat food because I really enjoy eating and that for me is foodie not about what the actual meal is and I think like by you just like enjoying it with your daughter eating strawberries in the garden that is a foodie moment in itself because you are enjoying the food in the moment and it's just like you know it's just it's classic you know well said like you said um about being like with bland food and literally you said exactly what i used to say throughout my whole life like I just I'm really lucky I said to everyone I'm really lucky that I am Irish and South African because we just love meat and potatoes and like I don't need anything else like that's I could live off of meat and potatoes and I think by cooking my own food as I got older and like enjoying the food I'm making I developed into I don't want anything bland at home but when I go out to restaurants you can give me like the blandest food possible but when I'm here at home it's gonna be like extravagant because I get to make it myself and like even like your salad like you know if you're adding a lot of vegetables in from the garden and you're you know adding I don't know maybe some seeds and fruits and things like that that becomes a really extravagant salad and yeah. you're doing it yourself so you know where everything has come from and I think, if anything, I'm just slow with it in terms of, of developing that love 
for food, you know, and, and maybe that's just my gateway right now is with salads. And But, you know, I, I really have not developed that love to go much above and beyond the basics at home, even when cooking at home. So, you know, I think that's just my own path with, with food, my own relationship. And it's still in this like phase of I, I just need some nutrients and it's it, it's not my day. My day is a hundred other things and food is just a part of it. And that's maybe that will change. But we'll see. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because I think right now we've gotten so far away from basic food. Like there's always so many sauces, so many spices, so many like intricacies to, to food. And um, that can be the beauty. But also like, I mean, I wouldn't imagine herbs are sort of um, dangerous for you to, to eat. And like you can just have that fresh, basic, you know, no additives in the sauces. Your additives are the from the from your garden. And so um, that's just a really nice way to sort of go back to the basics. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested as well um, with your partner, your wife, um, who has celiac disease, because you, I didn't hear on the list that you have like any gluten allergy, you don't. So that's, I, in my, I've always said, I don't want to date somebody who has another allergy that's not mine because I don't want to be more restricted and I just wonder how I guess I just wonder how that started how you guys met and how that how that relationship happened at the very beginning because like I guess when you're like really in a relationship you can kind of eat your own food and you figure it out but like when you're first starting to date you eat a lot of the same things you try to be more like adventurous and like you know that's that's a hard thing for people, especially like younger people who are first starting to date. And yeah, just like, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah. So we met on allergydating.com. No, I'm joking. Oh, no way. <laughs> You're joking. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> my mouth just dropped to the floor. <laughs> so I, I had my allergy profile. She had hers. <laughs> uh, that would know, be so funny. Wouldn't that be great? Um, but here's the thing. So you said that you were looking, you know, for someone that you know didn't add restrictions, and and I get that. I get that 100. percent On the flip side, I have found the advantages of being with somebody that gets it, that is free from from the beginning, and it is it is someone who constantly has my back without explanation, and and someone that gets my mind. It, you know, I've had reactions sitting across the table from her and she gets it right then and there versus some awkward, like, I'm going to, I want to hide this. This is embarrassing. She's just like, okay, it's, it's action time. Let's get your EpiPen. So, you know, there's some, some benefits there that are incredible in terms of someone who really gets me through and through in, in my psychological relationship with allergy and, uh, you know, we make jokes all the time. You're like, you're inviting us over for dinner. You know, you're get ready. We're a power couple of restrictions. Um, so it is what it is. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of support there. But I've learned a lot myself about celiac disease and, and gluten and all of these restrictions because it's not a life-threatening allergy, but it is a condition that has some really negative negative um, consequences, infertility, cancer risk. There's a lot of things that we did not want to mess around with at all. So I take it just as seriously. And if anything, it's forced me to um, to be a lot more creative. Our banana bread is gluten-free. Our everything that we bake is gluten-free. Um, 
But there are things that we realize that this is just not even achievable to have to to buy this much toast for our family and and not be broke because <laughs> it's so expensive to buy gluten free everything. Yeah. So we do have separate toasters. We have separate cutting boards that are coated um, for gluten and non gluten. We have a separate pan. Um, and we make it work just because it's it's also something, as I said before, we don't want to limit our daughter to not eat gluten when it's perfectly fine for her. So we have a house full of the things that we can't eat. There's Nutella in our house and things I can't eat, but we have procedures and protocols and understandings of of what we do with this food. Um, but overall, it is it, we all feel very safe with it at the end of the day. That's, so that's cool. really nice that you've kind of got the system in place. Do you, when you guys go out to eat, I'm curious because sometimes I get nervous when I go out to eat and someone else has an allergy or sort of a restriction as well, um, whether or not it's like a preference or intolerance or something. But sometimes I get nervous that if someone else at the table um, talks about their allergies, that the kitchen is just going to be too overwhelmed and sort of not prioritize like, and uh, like, I guess my dishes or the anaphylactic allergies over the intolerances. So when you guys go out to eat, what is that sort of, what is that experience like for you both? Uh, we take it pretty slow. I think we, we have our places. We're very loyal to like most people in our community and we have our dishes that we, we usually are go-to dishes. So it's very rare that we expand, uh, you know, our horizons. It takes a lot for me to order something new. Uh, especially on a new new place. Uh, but, you know, if we are in that situation, we've done our research. We're usually like, you know, connected to other people with celiac here and allergies. So we've had recommendations and then we take it slow in the restaurant. We're not just rushing through. We're telling them about our restrictions, making sure they really get it. And, and you know, usually I'd say 50% of the time when we are curious about a food on a menu, we get rejected. And, you know, they tell us, sorry, no, it's, it, we can't. Um, but what about this? What about that? And that leads to something else. And then that leads to a comfort food at this place. So, you know, if it is trial and error, you do have to state your restrictions, but um, no, we're not shy about it. And I'm, I'm, I, I, it's sometimes it's, it's trying to prioritize who goes first here. Is it the celiac or is it life-threatening allergy? And then, you know, at, this, at the end of the day, it's all very important. I think that leads on to our third dish. Um, what is that? Good old nachos. <laughs> cheesy, cheesy nachos. So this, this, the segue here, it's perfect because for my wife and I to share a meal, you know, we have different tastes and then you have the restrictions. But the one thing that really brings us together are nachos, especially because this is one of those foods that we can find um, when dining out quite easily, especially when we're in North America with the Irish pubs and all of this. And, you know, we still mention our allergies, of course, but it's nine times out of 10, it's a safe, safe meal for us to, to split, to share. And, and that's really special to have something that we can just kind of finger food, pick away at and, and just have a nice night out on something that we really love. And this is developed into our kind of stay at home date night food where, um, yeah, for over over many years of making nachos, I've now made a, a really nice recipe of just the go-to layered dish of nachos with, 
yeah, chopped tomatoes, salsa, um, meat. I put kidney beans on it, tons of cheese and a variety of cheese, sprinkled with some Parmesan on the top, uh, some some herbs on it. And then I, you know, fresh guacamole and sour cream for dip. And, and this, the whole thing is way too much food, way too much. We're left like, what have we done to ourselves? But it's that treat in our life that we really love. That's just, when you were just describing that, I wouldn't think that you were not a foodie. Yeah. Like, I just, I wouldn't think, because the way that you, it's like the experience of it makes you enjoy it. And so maybe it's not about the food. Maybe it's for you, like your gateway is the experience of it. Like all of these things, like all of your dishes, it's the experience that you love rather than the food itself. And I think like that's just so important because sometimes like, I mean, I have too, and I talk talk about it a lot, is like I have felt really excluded from experiences because it's always about food. And I don't find any experiences that I enjoy around food unless I'm cooking alone. And so I think it's so, so special um, that you have that with people like with people, you know? And like, I had that with like nannying, like I would bake with the kids and like that was a really nice experience, but I still couldn't eat it because I was cooking in their house. So it's like, it's a really nice thing for you to be able to cook and have the experience with loved ones around you. And I think like, that's just really special. And I think like for, I think that you're a foodie. I think you're my food psychologist (laughs) because, you know, it makes a lot of sense what you're saying for me uh, in terms of of relationships with people and how that makes a deeper appreciation for food because it is something that brings us together. And And it makes me feel normal when I have those experiences versus I've had some pretty, you know, unpleasant experiences with with food and dining out that make me feel excluded and you know just wanting to run away from restaurants so to have that go-to dish that i know is going to both make us feel great and comfortable and just enjoy i think that's the key word to enjoy food like everybody else gets to that's rare and when you have those moments with somebody else who also feels that that feeling it's very special. And, you know, on a very basic level, it's just nachos, but it's it's everything that nachos encompasses for us that makes it special. And I think your, your you know, equal eats and, and the cards really just emphasize that everyone is able to go out and sort of enjoy food more. Because I know, like, the experience of eating at a restaurant when you feel comfortable you know, when, when you feel like the restaurant gets it and with these cards that make it, you know, so much easier for the, the, the restaurant to get it, because sometimes, you know, we can't expect everyone to understand, you know, the things that we go through. And so having this one card can just really simplify it for people, which is awesome. And I'm just so curious to know sort of what brought you, um, was there a moment in time or like a moment when you were eating out where you're like, ah, like I'm going to create these cards and sort of a little bit, uh, I would love to know a little bit about the sort of how you got to sort of that impetus moment of you know creating equal eats yeah and and that's the actual slogan of equal eats enjoy food everywhere (laughs) Perfect. and and i think that's that's everything for me like i want to enjoy food and i want to do it everywhere i want to be across the world i was in morocco with my wife um she's 12 years ago and it was incredibly limiting i didn't have any understanding of Arabic. And I was very naive going to that trip. 
Um, so I, it was that moment where I really struggled to just eat, to, let alone enjoy food, but just find food that I felt comfortable with. Uh, that led to, to thinking about this idea and start to navigate doing my research. I found that there was another company out there, but it's funny, it, it all came full circle. They were doing plastic cards and I wanted instant. I, like, I want a card right now. I'm in Morocco. I can't wait for a card in the mail. So that's how it all started with making digital cards that people could download right away. And then after years of, of doing it under the previous brand Allergy Translation, uh, all the customers said, we, we want plastic. So that's that, that this was new as of this year. Uh, this was my pandemic project to get a professional card printer and start producing not only digital, but plastic cards. So it's all come full circle. And now I'm really happy to provide both for people that just want it in an instant, which I originally did. And for people that are advanced planners and want to have this as part of the travel kit. I also think it's not like the instant card is great, but I find like sometimes you might have forgotten your card. And to have it on your phone as well, it right. just allows you to not have to, you know, be needing a physical card. And as well, like, like I, the, I, I said about at the beginning, the product like is really incredible. And I just think like the translations, like, and just the, like, it just, for me, I want to now go out to eat because I feel like it's going to be an added layer of safety for me. So like, I, I kind of want to use it because <laughs> I have it. And I think like, that's just really special. And it's like, it's a nice card. It fits, it fits where your like credit cards will go. So yeah. it's not like you have like a massive thing that you have to go. Like, it's almost like, you know, you have your bank card that you're going to be paying for it, yeah. like paying the meal for, and then you can just slip out. And like a lot of like, especially like thinking about when I was a kid and I have like all these friends around and we're all having pizza and now I have to go and talk to, you know, the waitress or it's nice to just like, just give her the card and no one would know what the card is. Like, it just looks like a bank card, you know? And it's like, you know, you can just give her the card and I'm like, this is my allergies. And it's just like a little bit more private. Yeah, I agree. And a little bit more savvy because, yeah. you know, you probably probably had the experience where like, okay, let me write all this down. Yeah. Peanuts, treating it. There's more. And like in a social situation, this is horrifying at times. Yeah. And like, just here's the list. Can you take this to the chef? Thank yeah. you. And they appreciate not having to write it all down. Like yeah. this is, this is a lot more effective than, yeah. than that. So. And it's also it. like the, the quality of it like, you know, going into the kitchen, like if you have a paper, like a piece of paper that you've given, it's gonna get wet, it's gonna get thrown in the bin, it's gonna, you know, with this card, it can literally just go into the kitchen and it's gonna, it's gonna come back the so way it I, left. The biggest problem we have, our customers tell me that chefs and, and waiters, uh, wait staff, they wanna keep the card. <laughs> they, they like it so much. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so people order more copies just for those situations. <laughs> We keep this. It would be awesome if, if all restaurants kind of had their own cards and I don't know, a back back system where they could just have different cards and know sort of what's going down the line and that would just be really cool. We're working on some cool stuff in the future that can that can make it a little bit more integrated into restaurants. There's there's oh, a lot of cool opportunities. Like, we like there. to hear that. Um, but I think this perfect transition. So I guess Coming to our island, um, we give you a couple things to, to bring with you. Um, the first being one ingredient that you, you know, our island is high tech, you know, there, there's, you can have, it's not just one ingredient and we'll 
always be there. So if there's one that you could bring with you um, that you don't think you could live without, what would that be? Uh, You know, it's easy because this is in real life a case for me because I come to Slovenia from Canada. And so there's always, you know, the backpack of deserted island stuff. Like, what do I need to bring from Canada that I cannot get (laughs) in in mainland Europe? And and my one thing constantly every trip, it's at least six, seven, eight bags of safe chocolate chips. And I can't find chocolate chips here that are that are completely nut free or peanut free. And I've looked and looked and looked. Um, so this is the one thing if I want to bake banana bread, uh, cookies, all of the things I really, really love to bake. I need to br- import my chocolate chips from Canada and keep them in my suitcase. So I would bring those to the deserted island. That's a, a no brainer for me. What it, that's amazing. What's the brand of the chocolate chips that you bring? Uh, it's a Canadian brand. It's called President's Choice, uh, and it's it's a wonderful brand for offering peanut and nut-safe pre-packaged food. And, uh, I've heard of that. That's really cool. I've always done the because I've actually been able to order Enjoy Life here mm-hmm. um, through random websites like I, well, like iHerb or um, or one of those. Um, so I've been able to order some here, but chocolate chips are so difficult to find. I agree. They really are. Yeah. There's a couple brands that, that I use, um, but yeah, it's, they're very tough to find over in Europe. There's just, you know, and I get it. Chocolate's wonderful here uh, that I hear, um, <laughs> but a lot of it is cross-contaminated. Yeah. But uh, from what I hear, it's amazing chocolate, but it's just hard for me to access that. Yeah. I grew up in Switzerland and I could never eat the chocolate and yeah. Everyone was like, a Swiss chocolate's amazing. I was like, I'll never know. <laughs> so maybe yeah. one day. Yeah, maybe one day. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we have a, a brand here called Plamil and they yeah. do nut free and they've got chocolate chips, but they only provide them in Whole Foods. So every time I go into Whole Foods, I'm like, well, and they run out within a week, but I just get like excited when I go into Whole Foods. I'm like, oh, I can get my chocolate chips. <laughs> Always so, a good feeling. So um, I guess that's a good segue too. So we also want to know sort of what your favorite brand is or a brand that you, you couldn't live without. Uh, so this is an interesting one because the brand I couldn't live without was the brand that kept me alive in Morocco. And that was Quaker. And oh. Quaker is a brand that isn't necessarily safe everywhere because they have different manufacturing processes country to country but in canada where i'm from they have a fully peanut free facility and it's incredible the work that they've they've gone through to really make sure that their products are safe for the allergy community in canada so their granola bars uh, kept me alive on that trip i had a 40 pack i ate 40 granola bars (laughs) during during a week in morocco that's true story and, and now it's just my go-to. It's another thing that when I travel, I have a 40-pack of granola bars with me from Quaker. And they're delicious. There's chocolate chips in them. They, they fill me up. They're calories. Um, and, and, you know, for me, I remember I went to China about five years ago. And it was, again, all the difference in, for me and actually saying I can't go there. I can't eat anything to booking the ticket and going. Because I knew at the end of the day, I, I have my granola bars. And I get to see a really beautiful country and I won't let my allergies stop me from that. So my brand to take to a deserted island where I have no idea what the food situation there on your beautiful island uh, would be Quaker granola bars. That's amazing. I, Grace wrote a blog for me like, uh, what, two years ago, I think? Yeah, or a while ago. 
and she was talking about her trip to Russia and she was like I ate bananas the whole time and she's like I don't I didn't care what I could eat I wanted to see Russia and I was like that is exactly like that's what I say to everyone who is scared to travel I'm like don't think about it as you're going there for food because a lot of people do they're thinking about it oh this I can eat this you know going to Germany I can eat like pretzels and you know like all this stuff and I'm like don't think about it about going to food think about it is that you're seeing the world mm-hmm. you can have an allergy reaction at home so like even if you're abroad like you can still have it too but just think about it as you're going to see more of the world and just take the foods that you feel safe there and maybe you don't eat well for a week but at least you got to see Russia and Morocco and maybe the pyramids and like the Taj Mahal which is on my list but yeah. you know like that's it doesn't matter about the food because you can have that culture at home if you need it but you need to go and see the world and that that that's the most important thing um so don't let it hold you back if you want to travel so i think that's yeah. amazing and now with the allergy eats like equal yeah. eats cards and translation you can do it yeah <laughs> You can do it, you know. You still have to, you know, play play by the same rules as always, you know, carrying your epinephrine with you, asking questions and all of that, but it's it's getting easier and easier, but I think, you know, for a lot of parents, uh, especially newly diagnosed children, they had a very di- different relationship with travel uh, yeah. where it was a lot more about food. So I think it's a lot harder for them to to grasp what this new travel reality looks like, but you know, as allergic adults, uh it's 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 not a big deal. It's it you go to countries for other things, you know, for the landscape, for the beauty, for the culture, for for the wine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there's a lot more that you can enjoy about travel than just food. And yeah. I think we're, we're a perfect community to, to display that. Yeah. So also we are at, we're letting you take one of your products. So, you know, you've got your Equal Eats cards. So what is the product that you would be taking to your island well i think number one would be my my standard list of allergies in that language so um peanut tree nut egg fish shellfish and mustard translated in on the reverse side to whatever language this this is a staple with me wherever i go uh and i agree i I would actually have the digital copy with me on my phone as well as the plastic card we also have uh, another card that was launched this year that's not specific to food allergy, but just in general, it's an emergency card. And, and that to me is helpful in case anything went wrong. It's, it's a very basic message where it says, I'm having a medical emergency, I need help immediately, please call um, first aid responders. And it's in English, but on the back there's a QR code where it instantly can translate that message on your phone into the 50 different languages. So I feel like just having that extra sense of, okay, I could communicate to a bystander to get help in random spot in Russia. This just would give me a little bit more peace of mind as well, or sorry, the deserted island. And I'm not sure which language they speak on your island. (laughs) I didn't get all the info on on the island demographics. (laughs) That's such an interesting point because that's something that actually you know, I'm sit- if you're sitting in a restaurant in a foreign country and you're so focused on the food and if it's it's safe for you to eat, there's always that thought in my mind. I'm like, okay, well, I've communicated my allergies, but what happens if something goes wrong? And that's the p- part that I have never been able to get through, I guess. It's just like, how do you communicate? And luckily I've 
when I've had reactions abroad, it's just been, I've been with people who are able to speak the language. And so that has actually, you know, helped, but that is an incredible product to, to sort of introduce and, and sort of spread awareness about. And actually, if we have an app, the Equal Eats app, where on the app, there's a big button that says emergency cards. And on that page, you can, you can access these emergency cards in different languages. So it's all right within the app. So if you're going to Estonia, you can automatically get help in that language. So, yeah. It just brings back the, like you said, like the control and power back into us, you know, without like feeling like we're overwhelmed or out of control where we want to go. Like we feel like, because we can restrict ourselves more just based on, you know, feeling scared and having that anxiety about going out. So we can say like, I'm just going to stay in my little bubble because this is safe for me. It's day by day. And to go out there, it feels a bit too much. And I think that that's, that's really the fact that you've been able to do this. It's like I said, like I now want to use that. Like, I don't want to use the emergency thing, but you know, I want to use that, you know, I like the fact that I have these things in order to go to places in order to go out to eat because I have now the tools that I need. So like that fear is lessened because I have the tools that I need. And that's all we have to do is we need those tools. And I think that's what our communities lacked for so long is having the tools to help us grow that confidence. And, yeah. you know, it's, it, this company is, is definitely not the biggest company out there, I'll tell you that much, but it's it's needed and it makes a difference. And for me, that that's very worthwhile endeavor when you can impact your community and make things better. Because, you know, I'm just getting to the point where I can't stand for it anymore of, of having experiences where I feel less than than other diners. Um, so I, I feel like this is what we deserve as a community and, and not to resort to DIY, you know, flimsy things that hopefully will be taken seriously, but we deserve to have our life-threatening allergies taken seriously wherever we go. Yes. Well, I guess that leads us to sort of the su- a surprise that we have waiting for you at the island. Um, there's a big wave that comes and it's going to um, take two of your dishes away. So if you had to choose one dish to stay with you, um sort of the one dish that you really couldn't live without what um what would that one be nachos (laughs) (laughs) nachos it's the one dish that's universal like i I can make it at home i could order it out it's it's the one dish that really brings brings my family together at home or or away that's amazing well thank you kyle for being on this podcast like it's been such a joy to talk to you and like to hear more about like you and your like how you like to eat and everything because I know you through the community but like I didn't know a lot about how you feel I I definitely thought you were like a lot more confident about eating outside and things like that just based on your company and so it's nice to like get to know who you are and how you feel about like your allergies too because it's really important for us to like share and to share our fears and share our experiences because it helps other people. So I think, yeah, I'm just really grateful that you were able to be so open. Yeah, I'm no different than anybody else in this community when I'm still figuring it out and still building my relationship with food. So uh, I appreciate the chance to, to talk to you both. Being on your island, uh, you know, again, I think that you're my food psychologist today. You really <laughs> helped me discover some feelings that I might not have uh, expressed otherwise. So I appreciate the opportunity, lots of food for thought. 
And uh, I hope that we can all be on an island someday and when travel's back to normal. Yes. No, we, we won't be able to because we'll all have the, it doesn't matter what island where because we'll have all the, the, the tools to, to be there safely together. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So um, we will leave um, all of like the Equal Eats information and where to find Kyle and Equal Eats online um, down in the show notes. So um, check that out. And if you do have any food allergies, restrictions, you do celiac intolerances, thing, everything, right? So at anyone, anytime that you have restrictions, like, yeah, go there. And it's just a lot easier and safer. And the minute that you see it, you know that you want to buy it. So, um, yeah. So thank you so much. And thank you. um, thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you.